This is the Chapel Real Estate Show, episode number 13. Welcome to the Chapel Real Estate Show, your source for the latest real estate information so you can buy, sell, and invest with the best in Texas. Whether you're a first-time buyer, a current homeowner, or a seasoned investor, you've come to the right place. We're here to simplify all things real estate so you can achieve your goals of property ownership with your hosts, Daniel and Roger Chapel. Hey, thanks for tuning into the Chapel Real Estate Show, your source for the latest real estate information so that you can buy, sell, and invest with the best. I'm your host, Daniel Chapel, here with my co-host today, Roger Chapel. How are you doing today, Dad? I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all? Oh, it's another day in paradise. Well, uh, today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. So um, we're going to kind of talk through a few of the different statistics that are going on in the Austin area. Uh, my dad and I both had a conversation last night and this morning and heard some stats that kind of blew our minds and we figured it'd be a good opportunity to kind of bring some of that information to our listeners and um, hopefully give you guys a little bit of insight on what's happening in the Austin real estate market, how it's impacting buying power, interest rates and, and home values and all the above. So um, let's go ahead and jump right into today's Chapel Chunk. Dad, what are we talking about today? So today's chapel chunk is simply take the time to understand how rising home values and fluctuating interest rates can impact your buying power in today's market. And not just your buying power, but your selling power as well. You need to understand exactly what, how all of this impacts what you can or cannot do, what the, the value of your home is. Absolutely. So stick with us for today's episode so that you can get you know, all the, all the latest on how these interest rates and everything like that impact your ability to buy and your ability to forward homes in the Austin area. Um, so dad, let's, uh, let's kind of dive into some of the statistics that we heard, um, you know, over the weekend. Uh, you know, the biggest one that kind of blew my mind in the Austin area, homes, home values are now in a median of 491,000. And in the Austin and surrounding area, the median sales price is 370,000. So let's talk about how we got here, how we got to this point. Um, and what does it mean for the future for, for real estate in Austin? Yeah, so there's a, a number of reasons why this market has shifted the way that it has. So first of all, uh, is the influx of all the people coming from around the country. So uh, Texas several years ago implemented this uh, system we have in place where businesses came here because they had better opportunity. They're getting bigger tax breaks. And in some of the other areas where they're coming from, uh, taxes really have had a negative impact on some of these major corporations. So they've decided to relocate here to Texas. Not only are they coming to Texas, they're coming into Austin area in particular. Now, Austin is not the only city in Texas growing at this pace. Uh, there's a couple other areas that we're aware of, uh, like in the Plano area, Frisco, uh, the northern Dallas area that have very similar markets to us here. Uh, then we're also watching certain pockets in Houston having the exact same uh, uh, scenario that we have here. However, for some reason, uh, Austin, and I think a lot of it has to do with the attitude of Austin over you know, many years, many years, as far back as I can go, Austin never wanted to be a big city. Austin's always been very comfortable being a small town, being a state capital in the center of the state, but without really having all of the attention of big business and things of that nature. Instead, there's just so much to do outdoors that I think people uh, 
just kind of let that go to the wayside as far as the growth and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, we had this tremendous amount of growth over probably the last 20 years. And we've seen it accelerate in the last 10 years uh, to uh, levels that nobody could have ever predicted, especially in the last year. This has been just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think that that's part of the reason why a lot of people have found it, you know, such a homey place to live is that, you know, the culture in Austin is so unique and, um, you know, it's it's just a different kind of more outdoorsy place, as you kind of mentioned. Do you think that's impacting how, you know, the, the real estate market is, is moving right now? I think it is. And I think, too, that uh, a lot of folks see Austin, uh, especially the weather, uh, being very similar to California, especially Southern California. I can vouch for that. Your mom and I, of course, moved here from San Diego. Uh, and the weather patterns are very similar, uh, a little more extreme here, I think, than they are out here as far as both heat and cold. But throughout the majority of the year, I would say probably 10 months out of the year, we're an outdoor city or an outdoor area. There's biking, there's hiking, there's trails, there's the kayaking along the river, there's fishing galore all over the place. Uh, there's hunting in no, numerous areas around the area. So there's all this outdoor activity, uh, not to mention there's some really great neighborhoods uh, around Central Texas. Uh, and I mean, these neighborhoods have, I've seen neighborhoods with homes that are on 10 acres. I've seen other neighborhoods where homes are right next to each other. So if you want to be, want the solitude of a great home, you, you've got that in this area. If you like the, the bigger community and, and, a, and a lot of families around and all that, we have those communities as well. So uh, if you want to be close to your church, we can get you close to your church. If you want to be close to the grocery store, we can get you close to the grocery store. So there's a lot of variety uh, that is very attractive to people, not to mention, especially for buyers coming in from out of state, the price point, even though to us, since we're here, the prices are skyrocketing into numbers that are just blowing our minds to other folks that are coming here. That's not a big deal. It's really not a big deal. They don't understand the changes that have taken place over the last 10 years, but more tremendously in the last 10, two years. So they don't quite understand that because they haven't been here. So for them, it's not as big of a deal as it is for those of us that are here. Yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of give you guys a frame of reference to our listeners, um, the median sales price in Austin is up 40% from this time last year. 40%. <laughs> that is just incredible. In one year. In one year. And that's largely in part to the lack of inventory. So here's another number that we're going to throw at you that's going to blow your mind. There is 72% less homes on the market today than there were one year ago today. So 72% decrease in inventory. Dad, let's talk about that. How is that impacting the home prices and, and everything going on out here? Well, simple economics. It's all about supply and demand. So when you have no supply, you got a high demand, prices are going to go up. That's number one. Number two, we, we saw an increase in the price, on, especially on new, new construction, on lumber and other materials. Number three, the scarcity of appliances. So when COVID hit and businesses shut down, we saw all that. We've talked about this before, but it's a simple fact. Uh, when those businesses were shut down for that period of time, inventory got backed up. Stuff wasn't delivered on time. But guess what? The, the homes were still being built. They were considered essential, but the appliances were not. Uh, but the homes were. So we still had construction going on. And in, in addition to that, we still had a tremendous uh, flow of buyers coming in from everywhere else, buying up all the inventory. So we have all of these thing, things happening for the perfect storm that literally had all
inventory just sucked out from under us. And at the same time, we have the pandemic and a lot of people that had their homes on the markets decided, you know what? I don't want that disease walking in my house. I'm just taking my house off the market. They really didn't want to take a chance on somebody uh, bringing the, that virus into their own home uh, when they had done nothing at all. They've been staying at home like they were, they were told to do. Yet now all of a sudden they get sick from showing their house. Wasn't going to happen. So those homes went off the market. And to this day, I'm still not seeing as many of them come on the market as I would like to see. Uh, we are getting a few, uh, a trickle here and there. But now we have the bigger problem. If, if I go to sell my home, where am I going to go? And you know that firsthand. Sure Fortunately, do. we're able to plan something to help you, you out. But uh, the bottom line is for a lot of folks, they don't have that. So what do they do? They don't sell their home. They stay where they're at because they've got no other place to go right now. So until our inventory catches up, I, I anticipate this being a quote unquote problem for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So how are these rising home values affecting sellers in the area? Because of course, you know, like we mentioned already, me as a seller, I had a place to go. So I was able to sell my home and, you know, thankfully have a, a roof over my head. So how does this impact some of the people who don't have those options? So a couple of different ways. Uh, so for some folks, they have, um, they are as lucky as you are where they can actually move somewhere else. So that's good. Others of them are investors. And that's who we're targeting right now is, you know, for a lot of investors, the, now really is the best time to sell. And of course, that sounds like the old uh, uh, sales pitch. And I'm not much on sales pitches anyway. I'm not a big fan of all of that. Uh, and I, so I understand why a lot of folks are like, why should I listen to you? Well, mainly because right now, truly speaking, our market is that we have no inventory with no inventory. We, we tell you what we think the price should be, but I can also tell you that's not what the house is going to sell for. Uh, as a professional in this business uh, and, and you as well, both of us have had this issue. We sit down with our folks and we run the numbers and the numbers tell us the home should be priced at say 400,000. That's what we believe it should appraise for. That's what all the comps are telling us. So we listed at 400 and lo and behold, if it doesn't sell for close to 500 and that's happened multiple times with a tremendous amount of offers. And then when we hear the appraisal come in, we're all baffled, shaking our heads. Like, I don't know where they got this number from. The house met appraisal at 500. There's no way that should have happened. I cannot find the, the comps to support that. But lo and behold, it happens. So we're starting to see a true market shift. In the past, we kind of felt like it was a bit artificial that it was brought on just because of the pandemic. Once the pandemic starts to wear off, then we'll start to see inventory increase and all these other kinds of things will go back to normal. Well, now we have a new normal. And the new normal is our market prices have jumped up so much that now that's going to be the new standard. It's I haven't seen it decrease very much over the years. Uh, and when I have, it's been normally driven by the economy uh, and not by some of the factors that we have in play right now. Absolutely. As I've seen in some of the articles, they say, you know, Austin has now gone big city. And that is, you know, like you said, this is going to be the new standard. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of people around the country that are, uh, you know, a little bit worried about the outlook of the real estate market. Um, I think, you know, they there's definitely some truth to some of the stuff that we're seeing. But I think Austin is going to be somewhat of an anomaly in terms of, you know, I, I really don't think we're going to see these property values start to dip a whole lot. What do you think? Yeah, and I, and I think the reason being is if you compare 
the housing market of today, and I keep hearing all the naysayers, oh my God, that we got a bubble, the, the market's gonna burst. I don't think that's accurate at all. I think instead, when I compare today to 2007, 2008, during the last real estate bust, the last one was caused by lenders loaning money to people who had no business borrowing money. They had no money to begin with. Now here they are borrowing money and buying homes and they're not able to stay in their homes and it just caused this big problem later on. And in fact, that was such a big problem that uh, lending has changed uh, some of the, the processes that they, they do as well. Uh, we're not lenders, so I'm not gonna get into that too deep, but uh, I do know that that has had an impact on our market as well. So when you turn and you take a look today at what the buyers are doing today that is so much different is money. It's all about money. So what we're seeing in these multiple offer situations is that people who have government-backed loans just don't have the strength to buy right now because we're seeing such a dramatic shift. When you're talking a 40% increase in pricing in one year and home values in one year, and you've got an FHA buyer who's pre-approved for 300, and they can't, they can't compete that way. Because, I mean, FHA and VA buyers typically, or even USDA, they typically don't have the money to compete with a conventional buyer who's got additional cash that they can take to closing. And that is the difference. So people are putting more money down on these homes today than they were in 2007, 2008. And I would say the vast majority of uh, buyers that are winning their bids today and unfortunately, that's what it is. Most of our listings are bidding wars. Unfortunately, what's happening today is that it's conventional or cash that's winning out every time. Uh, they can actually compete in the market, whereas uh, these other folks, they can't waive appraisals. And if they can't waive an appraisal, there's no reason for them to even try submitting an offer. It's just not, they can't compete. Yeah. Um, so something that kind of crossed my mind when you mentioned, you know, the difference between today's market and back in 2007, 2008 and lending practices how do you think the 2.7 million homeowners that have their loans in forbearance right now are going to impact what we're seeing in the market as well? That is a great question. And it's funny, mom and I were talking about that this morning. So people who have forbearance on their homes and are, let's say they're looking to buy another home. As long as they've got forbearance, they can't qualify for a loan. They have to get rid of the forbearance. And the way that happens is once they get to closing, whatever in the rears they are, they have to pay that off out of the proceeds when they close on their house. Whatever's left over is the amount of money they'll actually be able to put down on a new home. So for a lot of folks, if they're looking to stay local and they want to move within 10 miles and they've got this forbearance hanging over their head, they really do need to pay that off first before they can even qualify to buy a new home. So whatever that looks like, then that's, and, and I don't think that people really understood that when they did the forbearance. And, and I understand why they did it. I just don't think that it was explained to them in a way that uh, is very helpful, at least for, uh, for some folks. Yeah. And I mean, I personally, um, when I first heard about the forbearance plan, I mean, I, I, the thought had crossed my mind, Hey, $1,600 a month that I can use to pay off a credit card over here, or maybe save up a little bit of cash to go buy another investment property before I learned what the consequences of that forbearance really meant. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that I did a little bit more research, but I imagine that out of the 2.7 million homeowners in forbearance now, not all of them knew that when they, when they got into it. That's exactly right. And unfortunately, uh, until they get that forbearance situation worked out, they're probably not going to be able to qualify for a loan. Yeah, no, makes sense. 
Um, so let's talk about the amount of inventory that's on the market. So we've kind of, you know, touched on the topic already, but as of right now, there is somewhere between 0.6 to 0.8 months of inventory, uh, about 1.1 months less inventory than we had this time last year. So for those of you who are not in the real estate market, dad, why don't you go ahead and explain what that means months of inventory and, and how it's impacting the real estate market. Right. So months of inventory, uh, that phrase is basically a measure that uh, as real estate professionals we use to help us determine more or less how long a house will stay on the market before it's sold. So uh, and sold is not doesn't mean that it's actually closed on sold means that it's under contract. So uh, what we're seeing now is that we're down to about I think it's three no, four to six weeks of inventory. No, it's less than that. It's two to four weeks of inventory that we have right now. What was the number this morning? 16, 12, I think, or 16, 17? Yeah, not a lot. So what I mean by that and what I asked Daniel that is every day when I pull up MLS, I take a look at how many homes we have active on MLS. This morning, it was 1,617. Now, keep this number in mind for just a second. In the Austin area, just two years ago, Every single day of the week, I would look at that bottom number and it would be 5,000. The reason being is that it stops at 5,000. There were probably more than 5,000 homes on the market, but it was capped at 5,000 just because of the way this particular software was set up. So with that said, we have more than 5,000 homes on the market two years ago. Just in the past few months, I've noticed we haven't breached 2,000 in a very long time. So we're at 1,600 now and we're ramping into what is typically... Uh, running into our peak season. And we are still at incredibly low rates. So the other thing I've noticed too is uh, the number of homes that when they hit the market, you know, each day I was used to seeing uh, between three and 600. Uh, and it depended on the day. Usually Thursday was a big day, Thursday evening, Friday morning. That's when we would have a ton of emails about all the new inventory. Um, that's no longer the case. Uh, now it's just about every day we see a home hit the market and you and I discussed this when we listed yours what day should we do it we really wanted to do it on Thursday why Thursday because it's coming into the weekend people can plan for the weekend we get more showings but I had already proven to you once before on a different listing that I did I listed it on Monday and we wound up with I don't remember 10 offers or something and over 40 almost 40 showings in just two days we did the exact same thing with yours only we listed it on Tuesday 30 plus showings, 17 offers in just two days. That is mind blowing, mind blowing. So because of that, that's why we're looking at, okay, uh, all the listings that we've had recently have been under contract in less than two weeks. Every single listing we've had in the last six months has been under contract in under two weeks. And the reason being is number one, we price them right. Number two, we get multiple offers on just about everything. And the, the bidding wars begin. So now we're having to reach out and tell these folks, submit your biggest and best, and it better be a very, very strong offer to, to be competitive. It's just crazy. It's not something we ever would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so you uh, you touched on interest rates and interest rates being incredibly low. So um, let's kind of touch on how interest rates impact buying power. You know, right now we're at all-time lows or record lows in the last few months with the, uh, interest rates, you know, creeping below 3%, now sitting somewhere around three and a half. Um, how does that compare to, you know, what we saw 10, 15 years ago in the market, how high interest rates were and how that affected uh, a buyer's ability to qualify for a certain amount for a loan? 
It's a great question. So uh, 10 years ago, uh, interest rates were around 7%. So when you have a 7% interest and you start doing a calculation on it, you wind up paying hundreds of dollars a month more than when you have the interest rates a little bit lower. And Daniel, I know you calculated some stuff out earlier and I don't remember the exact numbers, but uh, we have mortgage calculators where we could actually sit down and do that for you, uh, depending on the property. And there are a number of factors that we take into consideration. Number one is the price of the home. Number two is the property taxes. Number three, your homeowner's insurance. Number four, what are the HOA dues? Even though those may not be part of your loan process, they should be part of your calculated payment because that is a mandatory payment you make per month. And then in addition to that, maybe uh, you've got, no, that's it actually. So with yeah, those things, oh, I'm sorry, interest rate. Yeah, with the interest rate. So when we calculate the interest rate in there and we add all of that up, it tells us how much the payment is. And what was the number you calculated earlier, Daniel? Was it? Um, so to give a, for instance, I wanted to calculate what the average median or the median home price in Austin is today, which is 370,000. Um, and what a mortgage payment on a $370,000 home would cost you based on today's tax rates, et cetera. So a $370,000 home would cost you today roughly around $2,600 a month on a standard conventional 5% down loan. 10 years ago, that same home would have cost you somewhere around $194,000. But with interest rates being higher, your mortgage payment wouldn't necessarily, you know, we're looking at almost half a, a sales price, but your mortgage payment only goes down by about a thousand bucks. So the mortgage payment on a $194,000 home in 2010 would have cost you around $1,600 a month. Um, so, you know, that's just to kind of give you a little bit of a frame of reference. How much of a difference does that interest rate make? The interest rate has a huge impact on your buying power. It does indeed. One of the other things too that I'm noticing is the, the market and how it shifted as far as pricing in homes. And, and I have these conversations with buyers all the time and, and I'm being very realistic with them. So I had a buyer who was looking at a $500,000 home and every $500,000, he was pre-approved up to 550. So he figured you know, between 500 and 550, he should be able to find what he was looking for. Every single home that he was looking at in that price range sold for over 600, all of them. There wasn't a single one that was listed between 500 and 550 that did not sell for over 600. So what I told him, I said, realistically, if you're pre-approved up to 500, we need to be, or up to 550, we need to be looking in a 425 to 450 range and maybe around a 400 range. And you're still going to wind up paying that 500 to 550. So think about that. That's 20% more, 25% more than what, than what people think. So that's what I mean. With the market being what it is, we list a house and it sells between 15 and 40% over listing price. And I know the way you and I do it. When we list a home, that's what it should appraise for today. That doesn't mean that's what a buyer is willing to buy, uh, pay for it. That just means what the market data tells us it should appraise for. Now, again, we're not appraisers, so we can only go by the data that's presented to us as well. So when we have all that information, we put it together and we talk to folks, we're being realistic about it. If you're pre-approved for 400, we need to be looking at a 300 range because you're probably still gonna wind up paying 400. And guess what? That's the new standard. That $300,000 home is now a $400,000 home and that's the way it's going to be. And it's interesting how that dynamic kind of shifted, right? Because I feel like a year or two years ago, people were willing to pay whatever a home was listed for. And that was usually like, well, if it's listed at this much, this is about how much I'm willing to pay for it, unless 
somebody else comes in with another offer. And now as, as agents, you know, we cannot figure out what these homes should be priced at. And, and it's interesting to see too, because, you know, I mean, working with clients, we see a home that's listed what we think is, oh, this is listed over what it should be. And it gets very minimal activity, but then the next door house is listed at 400 where maybe it should have been listed. And then it goes for that 500 that the one next door is getting zero views on. So it's, it's interesting how this dynamic is playing out because buyers are now willing to pay whatever a home is worth in their mind, as opposed to what it used to be, you know, just paying whatever list price was. That's right. <clears throat> so um, another stat that I kind of looked at that intrigued me is that the number of closed sales is actually up 16%. So we've talked about inventory being lower, um, less homes being in the MLS, home prices increasing, interest rates. Um, how is it that it, there's more homes that are closing on the market today than there were a year ago? So when we take a look at MLS, we're only seeing partial uh, numbers. We, we only get a, a piece of the pie, so to speak. So in new home construction, a lot of these homes sell without ever even hitting MLS. So we've got new home sales consultants that are selling homes like crazy. They are out of inventory. There are no more homes available at the moment. So they sell out of everything they have, but I would venture to say probably in, in most builders, they're only listing three or five houses maximum. They don't list every single home, uh, but they may list one of each model. So they may have seven models, so they only listed seven homes, but they're actually selling over 100 of them. So with that, that doesn't mean in the MLS, we're only going to see a certain amount of homes. Whereas if, they, if they're watching the homes that are closing, they're actually getting those statistics from the title companies. So that's where the, the, the shift is, is. On MLS, it says one thing. When we go to look at closings and we see a difference, that's the difference right there. The, the majority of homes that they're talking about in those closings uh, that, that you can't account for are ones that are what we consider off market. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm scrolling through a, a webpage right here and I actually saw something else that kind of uh, got my attention. And it's the appreciation rate that we've seen in the Austin area over the last five years. So um, right now it shows that Austin has seen an appreciation rate, appreciation rate of 52% over the last five years. So what do you have to say about that? Man, I tell you what, you're getting really good at catching me off guard with some of this stuff. <laughs> so I have to sit here and try to think about why, why is that? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it has everything to do with inventory. So when the COVID hit and everybody took their homes off the market, we went from having three months inventory down to having one week of inventory. So that automatically drove prices up immediately. And guess what? Now we don't have much inventory. So we've got all these buyers coming in. We've got 50 buyers looking at one house and getting 20 offers. So the other thing we noticed too is that throughout the year, we started noticing that buyers who were just kind of kicking the tires and, and looking to see, they kind of dissipated and went away. Now, the folks that we're dealing with now, they're not just active buyers. They're active buyers that are, they've got the money. They're ready to rock and roll and they want to buy right now. They're tired of playing around. These are very serious buyers. So with that, I think uh, that was the reason for that dramatic increase. Yeah. And believe it or not, that is through December of 2021. So as you and I know, this last three months, I'm sure has kicked that number up quite a bit. Oh, de December of 2020. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, just, what, just what we've seen in the last three months, I have been, my mind is blown. So, and I, I have an actual point of reference. 
So I listed a house in February, first week of February, we got it under contract in just four days. And the price that we got on that was still about 15% above listing price, okay? In that, in that same neighborhood, mind you, that house closed for 490. In that exact same neighborhood, just recently, we had a house that was very similar in size, same builder, uh, in the same neighborhood, literally right around the corner from it, list for 600. It sold for 605. We're all baffled and shaking our heads like, where in the world is that? $110,000 more than a home that I sold in just a matter of one month, four weeks. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. And I have that point of reference specifically. I can tell you the dates. So, I mean, to see that kind of a change just in the last three months, I'm telling you, you're exactly right. This first quarter has been, well, we've seen it in, in our team. The numbers yeah. that we put together on our team have been just uh, unbelievable. So, yeah, the, the market has gone crazy. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, um, man, I think that pretty much wraps up most of the mind-boggling stats that I encountered uh, in our conversation and some of the articles I was reading this morning. Um Dad, is there anything else, kind of closing thoughts that you have that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that, that uh, I want to reiterate, there, there's a couple of things. Number one is we stay educated and we do this on purpose. We do this because I feel it's the right thing to do. I require it of all of our team members. Uh, and you know that. So uh, everybody needs to be educated in what we're talking about. Uh, number two is referrals, 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 referrals. Uh, I want our listeners to understand if you need a real estate attorney, reach out to us. We'll, we'll get you a real estate attorney. If you need a guy who does sheetrock, reach out to us. We'll get you somebody who does sheetrock. If you need a professional painter, reach out to us. We'll get you a professional painter. And by gosh, if you're looking to, if you're thinking about possibly selling or, or looking to buy a home, reach out to us. Even if it's not in the Austin area, we will either work with you ourselves or we will get somebody in that area that is an expert in that area to work with. So uh, again, I can't express enough about the uh, referrals. We're all about the referral business. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'll kind of give you a little shameless plug. My dad has spent his life in public service and this is, you know, the passion that we have. We like to bring this information to you guys so that we can continue serving the public in any way that we can. So anything that you need from us, please feel free to reach out. Don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe. So one of the things that I've uh, learned recently has to do with uh, comments and reviews. So when people will go to our podcast, please give us a review uh, and give us a five-star review. Uh, it's something about those reviews that, that allow this information to get out to other folks. If you know somebody else that's, that, that you listen, you hear something, oh man, that, that made great sense to me. Share that with your friend uh, and let them uh, listen to it as well. And by all means, please give us a review. Well, we really do appreciate the reviews. Absolutely. Thank you guys for taking the time to tune into the Chapel Real Estate Show. We love sharing our information with you. So we hope to see you guys on next week's episode. Y'all take care and we'll see you next time. See you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Chapel Real Estate Show. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a review. Find us on social media at Chapel Realty Group and online at chapelrealtygroup.com. Until next time.